Hi everyone, welcome to Steps Audio Channel. We are very excited to share our content from Steps events to learn all about the latest trends in startups, digital media, fintech, future tech, and wellness in emerging markets. You can find us on Enagami, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Make sure to subscribe to your favorite channel, and we hope you enjoy the content. Good afternoon, everyone. Um, thank you for making it. Um, let me just quickly introduce myself, uh, Sushil Setumadavan. I'm a partner with uh, Kani. We're a management consulting firm, and I personally lead the advanced analytics and AI practice for us here in the Middle East and Africa. Um, I'm, I'm joined by an illustrious uh, panel here. Uh, Nural Hassan is the CEO of Tarjama. Um, it's, it's the company that is uh, really disrupting the language and translation industry with AI. Uh, we're also joined by, by uh, Ahmed from uh, Google. Uh, he leads the data science efforts uh, for Google in, the, in MENA and Turkey. And, and he also has the enviable experience uh, and pleasure of helping startups uh, here in the region as well. And then we have uh, Ajit Nair, who is the CEO and co-founder of Camcom. Uh, he told me that uh, Camcom has a, is the first company with low-code, no-code, um, computer vision as a solution. Um, but what I like to believe is that uh, he's doing more good stuff with cameras and computer vision than any other company that I know. So, um, yeah, I mean, the intent of this conversation really is to, um, you know, have a very invigorating, invigorating conversation and really help startups understand how to integrate AI into their business and also how to uh, think of new strategies to scale their business using AI as well. So, you know, first round of questions across the panel. How critical is AI to your core business? Uh, thank you very much first. Um, so I think when we talk about AI, um, it's very important because it's extremely broad uh, from a terminology point of view. Um, and AI is extremely expensive for companies to start building or integrating. Uh, for Tarjama, for example, AI is in the core of what we do. Uh, machine translation is disrupting the industry. Um, and it's very important to integrate it uh, in a business that's related to translation. Uh, otherwise, you will end up using it as a third party and then do like a hybrid model between uh, machine translation post-editing with human. Uh, so for Tarjama, we've been actually um, integrating machine learning and AI for the past two years. Uh, we have an AI and data science team. Uh, we built our own machine translation engine uh, of very high quality uh, business, I would say, machine translation based on all the data that we've been accumulating over the years. Um, that's from one aspect. The other aspect is how do you integrate AI to automate the process? How do you integrate AI to make things faster? Uh, so for the time being, we're even like integrating AI on automatic assigning of documents to the large translators instead of just assigning it with human. And this is like the second layer of what we've been, we've been doing. Yeah, I think uh, for Google, you know, the journey has been uh, like a revolution. In the past decade, uh, we've changed every single product into using AI. It's not only on the product that you see, but every small department, every small project, we think about automation and we think about how doing things smart, whether using AI or, or other tools. So, uh, yeah, it has changed lots of things, even the most effective one, like even search, you know. Ten years ago, search was like rocking and it was like the precision was great and things, 
we still sit down and we change that into more, much more effective one. So, yeah. Um, thank you. Uh, for Camcom, AI is core to our business. I mean, we are an AI company, if I may say it so. Uh, we deal obviously with a smaller sub-segment of AI called computer vision. Uh, but technology, uh, and specifically artificial intelligence, is an imperative in the way that businesses are being rolled out, in the way that businesses essentially strive for efficiency. Um, what we are also trying to build out is essentially bringing the, the power of artificial intelligence to increase efficiencies and drive business growth from the three tenets, right? Customer satisfaction, revenues, and profitability. So to answer the question, is AI core to our business? Absolutely. It is the business that we are in. And is it core to any other business? Uh, most functions will become. And uh, over a period of time, I think it's just an imperative. You have to live with it. And, you know, Noor, you, you started to explain the evolution of AI at Tarjama. Uh, I'm curious to understand if, if you have applied any specific strategies to scale your business with AI. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, for, for our business to scale the amount of words you do as an output, you need to add more translators, which means um, it's very like, I would say, human intensive, cost intensive, and, and productivity has a limit uh, from a time uh, point of view. So it was so important to increase productivity by leveraging uh, the machine translation uh, part and then the productivity of the translator themselves because we built a machine learning model, um, a, a CAT tool, which is a translation management system that the translators used to increase the productivity and, and to basically store the data. And from that, you build your machine translation as step number two. Um, so it was very important to integrate that with the human in order to increase productivity. So when we managed, like, for example, a customer that we used to do 1 million words a month to 11 million in one month. Excellent. And uh, Ajit, I was, you know, with regards to kind of strategies, right? It's always the thought of how do you become more competitive and what is that edge you create for yourself, right? So how do you think of AI in terms of giving yourself and your company that competitive edge and, and scaling your returns? It's an evolving thing, right? You know, as I said, we are in the business of artificial intelligence, machine learning, and using that in the area of computer vision. Does AI and ML and, of course, deep learning give us a moat as, as a startup? Does it give us a moat to start off with? Maybe. You know, it essentially depends on what is being put to use. Finally, technology for the sake of technology is not going to get you anywhere. It, it necessarily has to translate into an ROI. And once the customers see that and what you've built... Uh, gives you definitely a certain amount of uh, extensibility. Uh, if you have taken it beyond the pale, obviously the scalability comes in. I mean, I'll give you a simple example of one of the customers that we deal with in India. Uh, it's an e-commerce retailer, the largest e-commerce retailer. They had a 7% return issue because the wrong product was being shipped out. You ask for a blue shirt, you got a black shirt. Now, 7% may not sound much, but 7% of 180 million is a lot. So the problem is uh, reverse logistics cost is 6x that of onward logistics cost. Uh, 100,000 square feet, 21 feet vertical stacking warehouses with a 7% return essentially means that it's dead stock, right? To get rid of the problem, you can throw more people at it, but how do you invert 
150,000 products on a daily basis, doing multiple batches on the product so that the right product is correctly bid. Uh, we offered our solution, which enabled them intensive and immense non-linear scalability because then you are not throwing people at the problem. You are essentially just adapting technology to ensure that the returns came down to zero. So extensibility is definitely something that you, you can get by leveraging technology correctly. On the flip side, you know, there was a customer who came and asked, can you help us identify uh, fruit fly larva in gherkins? Uh, absolutely, can be done. <laughs> but the thing is, is there an ROI in it? The answer is no. Because a uh, hyperspectrometry camera will probably cost you about, close to about a quarter of a million dollars, a good one. I mean, so is there really any kind of uh, ROI in it? The answer is no. A lot of people say, you know, don't reinvent the wheel. I have a person who says it, you should allow people to reinvent the wheel because you, the moment you say don't reinvent the wheel, you put a cap on imagination. But there are times when you shouldn't reinvent the wheel as well because it does not make sense from a business perspective. Very good. And, you know, um, that's, that's a lot of um, innovation. And, uh, you know, startups generally are kind of restricted with, with regards to the investment and in innovation, um, whereas Google is not. So... Well, it is. It is. It's actually, I see it the other way around. I see the startup, they have the freedom to do more things in a more innovative way. Google is so large that every single idea have been applied maybe 10 or 100 times. So, so it's, it's a different story, uh, yeah. but, uh, but different challenges. But one of, one of the things that I've seen at Google is the engineering culture, is that when we build something, we build it so that anyone can use it in the, uh, you know, in other teams. So you don't have to reinvent the wheel sometimes. Uh, basically, the same language model you can use for translation, you can use for search, you can use for other, you know, other solutions. In fact, Google Cloud, as it is, do you think that, you know, we thought, okay, let's go and develop it? No. It was actually the internal tools that we built, that we exchanged across all teams, across all product, and then we thought, oh, let's go and commercialize, you know, make this commercial and make it accessible to startups and businesses. And that's, you know, there was not an intent. There was, my question was following that, which is, given the scale of potential investment opportunity, um, how, how can startups think of Google as a partner or any product and service yeah. company as a partner yeah. uh, in, in scaling their own AI capabilities? Yeah. I, I would say there's two things. Like, first of all, you need to have your data strategy before AI strategy. So what data you will have in five years and 10 years, and then how you're going to use this data, right? In a smart way, whether using it to artificial intelligence or others. You might start with a hybrid approach, you know, mixing uh, human translation with the, with the machine translation and then take it from there. So having a strategy is the first thing. The second thing, which I think you, uh, I think, you know, Google or all tech companies, they make available, you know, the tools for you to scale and, you know, use the API, the trained API. You might want to train your own, you know, algorithm or optimize your own algorithm at some stage. But reusing what exists is actually much easier for you as a benchmark. You can take it as a benchmark and then, um, and then take it further. So basically, reusing that is is very effective. And one another point, not around Google, but also we are very privileged that we have open source. You know, every single research paper, every single 
every single talk now is not being approved without opening open source, you know, having everything in the code and everything. So you can definitely re replicate that and start from where others have already done for you the job and, you know, the, the code and everything. So an extension of that question is, uh, how are you seeking the demand from the startups, right? How do you evaluate what to invest in? How to prioritize products that startups can actually use? I mean, again, Google is a global company, you know? It has so much investment. We have a mix between moonshot stuff, like self-driving cars, uh, and business-related. I work directly with a marketing client, so my, my team works on... In, in transforming the marketing clients and the startup business as well. So the mix is basically, it depends on, on the context, but also in the opportunity. So for example, Noor's team is working on, on Arabic translation, which is very novel, very new, and little, I mean, research has been there for a long time, but technology is not picking up. So we need a startup like Noura's one or, uh, or someone who, who takes the code and then rerun it and then do the job for that. Google cannot cover everything. That's the thing. That's why it's much easier to compete with big tech companies if you have a specific task and specific problem to solve from a startup perspective. That's very good. And, and you know, talking about demand, um, you know, it's, it's all about the customer, right? So Absolutely. especially for a startup like you and for most startups. Um, how do you embed AI into the customer journey? Improve it the experience in itself. Absolutely. I just want to, before answering this, I, I want to tap on what he just said because it's so important. When we started building machine translation, we got a lot of uh, questions from people. Do you want to compete with Google? You can never compete with Google. We kept saying, we cannot compete and we're not planning on competing, but we are building niche. We're starting with one pair of language, which is Arabic, English, English, Arabic, we have the data, which is extremely high quality in certain domains. So it is completely different than what they offer. And this is so important. When we, when it comes to customer journey, um, we, what we offer today, we are a solution company. It's not only we just translate documents for customers. We look into the struggles. So for example, one e-commerce client, um, wanting to scale from 1 million SKUs a month to 11. How do you do that without, without AI? So we built for them a custom MT machine translation specifically for e-commerce to help them expedite their workload. So we integrate a lot of solutions that we do for customers in order to get them to their, where they want to go. Even, even the way we communicate with customers, we long, we no longer want to use emails. So we built a portal as a gateway for clients to have a dashboard. They can eventually see their workload, um, pay online. The way we integrate with them is more innovative. And, and how has adoption been from the customer side? How do they accept, adopt, and absorb the technology and the innovation that you're bringing? So uh, there's a lot of awareness that needs to happen uh, with clients. So we spend a lot of time educating customers, especially when you talk to them about machine translation. No, no, we don't want machine translation. We don't want Google Translate. We don't, this is not accurate privacy quality. So you have to keep explaining to the customers that this is not what it is. Please, you need to try it. Machine translation sometimes is more accurate 
than just giving it to a junior translator, for example. It's more cost efficient. Uh, so there is adoption. Um, I, I am seeing a lot of improvement in the way customers take SaaS solutions or uh, technology than before. Um, on the contrary, some clients come to us and say, if there's cost saving, productivity increase, please help. And, and uh, you know, extending on that, uh, I'm going to keep sticking on the customer for a little bit longer because um, it's it's also diversity of customer, right? You know, Absolutely. In many cases, startups are looking at what's my focus, who's my target. But as the business grows, the diversity increases. Correct. And, and how do you kind of then apply um, AI to ensure that it's can be a one, it cannot be a one size fits all, but how does it address that diversity? So if I take our clients, we are, we don't service every single vertical in the world or, or category of clients. We have certain clients that we go and focus on. We actually customize models for our clients. So it is customized instead of it's generic. And this is something that we've been applying. Right. Now moving away from the customer a little bit, more on the cost side, the operation side. So, Ajit, uh, you know, as as any startup would, uh, it, it also needs to optimize what's we call below the skin, what's not visible, uh, the operation side, the cost aspects. Um, how how have you leveraged AI to address your non-core parts of the business? Very interesting question, but before that, let me just add to what Noor said uh, and what Ahmed said. Uh, Ahmed, I'll hold you to this because literally every VC that I've gone to has asked me this question. You know, what if Google comes in? My standard res response to that was, well, you are in the business, there are a lot of other VCs as well, why are you there? But now that you have actually said that Google is not coming into a game, thank you, I will hold you to that and I'll actually quote you on it. <laughs> um, it is for his... Uh, non-core business areas are concerned. You know, I took over as a CEO of Camcom in Jan. Before that, my designation was CMO. Most people actually thought that meant chief marketing officer. It wasn't. It was chief miscellaneous officer. There is no marketing officer at Camcom. The, when we set up Camcom, we were very clear that the only thing we will focus on is building out a CVAS platform, computer vision as a service platform. Marketing was handed over to a third-party agency who uses a significant amount of AI in automating the whole process, right from the logo that you see to the various social media campaigns and every other collateral artifacts that have been created to even the PowerPoint presentations and flyers. Uh, I think they use an, an underlying uh, uh, AI platform, which I believe is powered by Google, uh, to, to generate that. Uh, finance. We don't have a chief financial officer who is... Uh, a part and parcel of uh, CAMCOM that has been outsourced. Uh, we don't have a human resources director that has been outsourced. So outside of the, I mean, I'm the no, only non-engineer in a team of 43. You know, I went to hotel school. I keep telling people Java for me is good coffee. It has got nothing to do with technology. But all the others are hardcore engineers whose only and sole focus is building this up. As we scale, things may change. As a startup, I think it's an important thing for most startups to take a step back and actually understand where should I focus on? What is the point in trying to get compliance right if you don't know how to do it? Find somebody who can do it for you. Or if you can't get translation right, please go to Noor. 
get the translation right yeah because it is not your core competency that is not what you're trying to build up so yeah i mean that is how we essentially looked at you 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 hit on a point about people right you 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 were the chief miscellaneous officer there were a lean team like most startups do no i was curious about how with the adoption and the scaling of ai has your talent acquisition strategy changed we we hear of ai replacing people but what it potentially does is actually focuses your talent acquisition into specific skills so well, how has that changed for you and your company uh, well from from the tarjama's perspective we did not think of ai as a replacement for uh, our team members or talent or resources what we actually looked at we looked at increasing efficiency uh, so integrating ai with the team is all about increasing efficiency from the current team members and what ai what ai allows you to do is it allows you to look at the the caliber of the talent you have where you have superb talent that can work very well with machine translation post editing because you know this is a skill that you need to teach to translators and there are a lot of translators that resist the machine so this is where you need to adapt the strategy from that perspective um and on the talent acquisition from the ai perspective um you know it's finding good data scientists and i'm sure you know in the region is not something that's easy um so luckily we have uh, a superb machine learning ai team uh 60% of which are women so it's great but we have our chief scientist uh from abroad so we had to we had to shift strategy wise by looking outside the region f- from us from a talent acquisition attraction point of view very good so that's that's the people side yeah. i'm at about process and tools and process and technology how you know what what are some of the watchouts or maybe best practices that yeah. startups can think of when sourcing the right technology yeah i would i would also want to comment on sourcing the right talent because i see it as a trend you know uh i've been at google for 10 years and i saw like how the talents being hired one of the things is that we focus in the technology when we hire we look if you if you look at linkedin and you see the job description is like all technology like map reduce kafka uh, whatever google cloud whatever you know tools that you are having and then you have one line about the theory i value the theory because the theory doesn't change that much if someone has the theory right then they will adapt any new technology right so if there is a new technology that's coming up and you know we're living in a, in a in a time like every the other day there is a new research new paper a new machine translation model that completely changed what was before you know so you need the generalist when you hire an ai you need someone who understand the theory for me statistics and the theory of the algorithm is much more important than someone who has done big data job before and this one on the short term will be more helpful for me but the other one on the long term will be you know i think i think that's the investment in terms of tools and and um and technologies there's so many options but again like it's it all i can generalize it all depends on the items and the parameters you have if you have the team and resources to do such to go through like building your own algorithm and optimizing it and winning a patents 
you know, uh, this will increase, you know, your the attraction for VCs and publishing research, uh, open sourcing your code. This is increasing the valuation of your startup, then definitely go for, for that. If you think you, you don't have enough talent, you don't have enough time, then it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. Don't, one of the things that the rules that we have at Google is that don't be afraid to launch a product without AI element. It can work, definitely, and it worked, right? So if you don't have enough expertise in this area, don't launch, because you will be disappointed and you won't be able to adapt and you will waste time in, in something uh, that is not, uh, not relevant to your business. You know, uh, there, was, there was this anecdote about how the best coders are the ones who are trained in music. They, because they have a sense of patience and they know exactly how to follow a specific rhythm and design uh, and pattern, right? So I think uh, I think over a period of time, there will also be a similar statistic on data scientists, potentially. Like, who are the best data scientists out there? Uh, and what was their background before they came into data science? No one's born a data scientist. Right? So, um, you know, we five minutes to go, but I think what I wanted to do is just go around the panel and ask if you had to advise one thing to do and one thing not to do in scaling your business using AI, what would that be? Now I have restricted to one thing. If you have more than one, I'm not going to stop you, but go ahead. What is the, what's the watch out? What's the, what, what, what should you do be, be doing and what should, should you not be doing? I think the first thing you need to do is, is AI relevant to your business or not? Because AI can be expensive and you could be building something that is not core. Um, and watch out from just building for the sake of building AI without looking at ROI. Um, so for us in Tarjama, anything we build, we benchmark it to ROI. Is this going to generate income or not? Because we are a small company. I don't have enough R&D budget to just spend it left, right and center. I need to be wise where I put my dollar. That's what I meant by... Uh... It's limitless. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I meant by that. But, uh, <laughs> uh, nothing against you, Abbas. Uh, but, but you know, when you, when you mention ROI, I'm thinking uh, any, any, any suggestions, best practices on what that measurement is for you, not the metric. Saying, how do you ensure that you are consistently keeping the ROI metric up? Yeah, absolutely. So you, there are two ways to measure it. If you're building a product externally, you need to ship this product quickly to market and see if it's viable, if it's going to get you customers. If it's internal, for us, the machine translation, the first customer is Tarjama. So if we increase efficiency, if 40% of my translation today is empty without PE, that ticks a, a, a box. Once I start shipping it to the market, which we've done already, we have a widget on our website. We, we discovered the other day by coincidence, we don't do any PR or marketing for it. We have 22,000 people using it monthly. Th this means I'm going to ship a product to the market. So this is what a company needs to do. Uh, actually, uh, just uh, uh, before I answer your question on something that I had said, based on the question that you asked, who do you hire? In uh, CAMCOM, we have started hiring journalists, primarily with a background in math. That's all we, all we are looking at. And yes, most of the people who play around with math also are fairly decent musicians. So interesting, I mean, that you brought in music, music there as well. Uh, 
I, I, I completely agree with what Noor says. I mean, technology is an enabler. It's a facilitator of things. AI is not a panacea. Okay, it is not going to solve everything under the world for you. Finally, you live in the real world and the reality check is, okay, is it going to give me back the money that I invested in it? Uh, like I said, in the case of Camcom, it is slightly different because we are an AI company. It's a, it's a core, it's, a, it's our imperative that we, we work with it. Uh, but when we take it out to the market, uh, you know, it necessarily has to make sense to people. So when I set out with my other co-founders on the journey of Camcom six years ago, when the initial idea came, if somebody told me AI, I would have said absolutely impossible because I didn't even know that it meant artificial intelligence. If I can learn, I'm sure everybody else can learn as well. But as you go through the journey, you have to keep asking that question to yourself. You know, what am I doing and what is the end goal of this? If that necessarily has to result in value for the customer, then take that hard choice. If it is something that can be done without overcomplicating it, then don't complicate it. Keep it simple. You know, so that anybody can do it. Yeah, I think <clears throat> I think if AI is relevant, I think it will be relevant for almost every business. Uh, when the time you have to launch it in an iteration, but you need to have like, I think for every product, you need to have a roadmap which involves the data because this is exactly that feeds the, the intelligence of your, um, of your product in the future. So you need to have that. You need to set up the infrastructure right in order to grow. Uh, and, and the infrastructure has to be privacy safe. It has to be like very, you know, these things, it takes time, but it's actually core of, of building any product. When I see a startup celebrating too soon about an algorithm or about, or about something like this, I ask myself, where, where else they, they would take this, you know? If they celebrated at this point, what else they would? Anyway, we're out of time, but I think uh, my colleagues covered uh, almost everything, so. You know, when I, when I accepted this uh, opportunity to be a moderator, I had two metrics. I should learn something new, and I should finish on time. So I think I've done both, and I hope the audience have done the same as well. Uh, and I appreciate your time, each of you. Um, and it's been a pleasure talking to you, not just asking questions, just having this conversation. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the episode. You can find our content on Anagami, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Follow us on social media at Step Conference and let's stay in touch.